0: Welcome to C3 Wellington. We're a community on a mission to live, love, and lead like Jesus. For more information about C3 Wellington, and to find out about upcoming events and services, visit our website, c3wellington.com. We're so glad you're joining us for this message. We pray it impacts you today. Hasn't it been a crazy, I remember coming to the end of 2019, and uh, I was thinking, Man, that has been a tough year, and I was so excited about turning the corner into 2020. There's something about a new year that feels like a new chapter, right? I don't know what it is about this, this, this date thing when you go from one year to another, but uh, we seem to look back uh, with uh, reflection on, on, in, in chunks. Like, And I look back at, at 2019 and go, man, that was a tough year for various reasons. Though, I, was, I was, it was a hard year. You have good years, bad years, easy years, hard years, whatever, and it was a tough year. And 2020 has been an interesting year as well, hasn't it? And uh, we've been, uh, we've been, uh, as a as a as a global community, we've faced uh, COVID, and we're still facing it. Uh, Many nations around the world are right, still in the thick of things, and and even here in New Zealand, uh, although we've done extremely well with containing it, we're not out of the woods yet, are we? And uh, and it's been challenging. Many people have faced health risks, like literal health risks. Maybe they've had themselves, they've found themselves uh, caught up with, with health challenges, maybe from COVID or other things. Maybe you know someone that's been affected. Uh, so many people have perished through this virus, and so maybe you know someone that's either affected or personally yourself. Uh, it's, it's a challenging time. It's, it's caused isolation. Uh, I, 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 we were all locked up for a period of time. That was weird, wasn't it? So unusual. There are many nations still locked up right now, and, uh, and I sort of keep an eye on what's going on in America. I, I quite get intrigued with the, the whole Politics of me, I get I don't know. Does anyone else get intrigued by that stuff? I, I find it quite fascinating, and so I sort of uh, go on little YouTube rabbit trails and end up looking at all sorts of stuff. I don't know if anyone else does that sort of thing, but you know, there's all sorts of craziness going on all over the world. But isolation is a crazy deal. It says, and Proverbs, the man that isolates himself breaks breaks out against all sound reason. Uh, and we weren't isolating ourselves; we were forced into isolation, and that was challenging. And isolation, if not if not. Uh, Kept in check can cause disconnection, and so there's been a sense of maybe disconnection this year. Uh, there's been a challenge financially for many people. I mean, this has co- caused a lot of uh, a lot of people have have, have have lost jobs, or had reduced hours, or had to you know just had a, a lot of stress and fear and anxiety that has that has come through the uncertainty and the unknown, the unprecedented situations that we found ourselves in. And so, look, it's been a crazy year, hasn't it? Crazy year. And I mean, that's just on a, we've all walked through that. Then I don't even know what your life has looked like outside of that, you know, and, and what things you've had to walk through and, and how you find yourself today, whether or not you feel like you're fueled up and going for it, whether you feel like you're like, uh, running a little bit of empty, like the tank's a little bit low. And uh, and so I, I just want to say this, that many of us might be feeling tired. Many of us might be feeling a bit worn out. Many of us might be feeling a little bit exhausted. And I don't I don't blame you. It's been... A heck of a year. And I think in speaking to people, what I've found is a common thread is that people are feeling, feeling weary. And there's a sense of weariness coming to the end of 2020. And I just want to acknowledge straight out of the gate that you're not alone, right? If you're feeling a little bit weary, a little bit heavy, a little bit light in the tank, a little bit empty in the tank, uh, you're not alone. I think that this is common to all people. A lot, a lot of people are feeling this way. But I want to say I've got good news for you. And this morning, my message is entitled "Overcoming Weariness." Overcoming weariness, because, and we're going to be focusing in Hebrews chapter twelve. And uh, I love how Hebrews chapter twelve verse one starts. The Hebrew, the the writer of Hebrews says that we will be able to run life's marathon race. With passion and determination, for the path has already been marked out before us. So, I've got good news for you today that regardless of where we come in this place this morning, whether you're feeling weary, a bit low, a bit strung out, a bit exhausted, there's a promise here in Scripture to say that you'll be able to run the marathon race with passion and determination. That you'll be able to run life's course and live in your purpose with passion and determination. This is the promise of the Word of God, but I just have to point out that it says it's a marathon race. Okay, uh, anyone here run a marathon? Um, Michael Geddes, you just ran one like, like a couple of months ago, didn't you? Marathons are not easy, are they? They're not easy to, to keep going for, for 42Ks is not easy. 42.2, we can't cheapen the point two. The point two is tough. Don't knock the 0.2. Um, I remember when I was pacing Bex for her first marathon, uh, uh, where were we all right with that clicking? Let me know if it's a problem. Yeah, let's change up, eh? Feedback, but... Ooh, that's louder. It's because i am got a booming voice. <laughs> Cranked up for Alexa. Turn it down for me. I remember pacing Bex in her marathon, and we were like... She had a goal of getting under five hours, and uh, we were about 30... 30 odd, 33, 34, 35k. The hard part of the marathon, the 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 groundhog kilometres, where you're not really near the end, you still got like 10k to go, so it feels like forever. But you know, you've don't you're kind of in that sort of no man's zone. We just got to keep plodding. You got to keep it turning over. And uh, and like, Bex wanted to run under five hours, and so I was trying to do the calculations as we paced her, how fast she had to go over the next so many kilometres to make it. And I was like, okay, we just passed the whatever 35k mark. There's seven k's to go, so doing the math, you've got to run at this pace. And I completely forgot about the. Point Point two. Now, point two is, a, is, a, is, a, is a sort of a, a minute, a minute and a half. And when, you try, when you're right on the threshold of getting your time, it wasn't until like the last, I think there's two Ks to go, and I said, oh, heck, oh, babe. Uh, if you want to hit your target, I didn't tell her that. I said, if you want to hit your target, you have to go now. You have to go now. And so she put the hammer down. I think over that last sort of, like you, you see, you know, she passed like 100 people. She just go for it, go for it. Run, oh, I don't know if you know marathon runnings. Running five hour pace is about a seven minute odd pace, right, seven, I don't know, something, seven minute K pace. She was doing five minute Ks over the last two just to make her time and she beat it by 20 seconds. Give her a hand because that's pretty impressive. Still to, to this day, I've done a bit of uh, a few different events and things, and that's still one of my just, like, ultimate highlights is, is running with Bex and seeing her complete her first marathon. Crossing line with her was a real special time, but it's exhausting. It's exhausting. It's hard work. But there's a, there's a point where the, the writer of Hebrews says that we can run life's marathon with passion and determination. And so as we're near the end of 2020, let's, come on, let's get our passion and our determination back. Can we, can, can we overcome weariness together? Can we overcome it together? Listen, this is Hebrews 12, verse 3. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Consider him who endured for sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. The writer of Hebrews says that you may not grow weary. Isn't this an interesting language? Have Have you focused on this before? He says don't grow weary. Don't grow. I don't think that you go from passionate and determined one day to just completely weary the next. Something has grown over time to get us to a place of weariness and exhaustion. The Passion Translation of the same verse, verse 3 says, So consider carefully how Jesus faced such intense opposition from sinners who opposed their own souls. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> He endured, he endured opposition from sinners who were opposing their own souls in that moment of, 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 of crucifixion, of, 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 of murdering uh, the Son of God. And it says this, So that you won't become worn down and cave in under life's pressures. We won't be worn down. So weariness is a gradual wearing down, a cumulative buildup of life's pressures, we can grow weary. It's like weariness starts small. It starts like in a seed form, yeah? It's, it, and if we don't go, like I just said, we don't go from passionate to determined to worn down and weary overnight. And so we've just purchased a house and it came with, all sorts of gardens and things like that. But one of the things that we wanted to sort of get going was the veggie garden again. We're like, all right, we've got our own place. Let's get the veggie garden cranking. Thank you to Sarah and Simon who gave us some tomato plants. And who else knows what else? These guys are amazing. And So we're going to go to Mitre 10 and we're going to buy a whole bunch of veggie seedlings. And we're going to get them in the ground. And so we have planted these veggies, and we're tending them, and we're hoping that they're going to grow and bear a harvest, right? We're not doing this for no reason. I mean, you might like gardening. Now, there's a lot, we've got a lot of flowers and things, and I don't get as excited about tending to them. Oh, they're beautiful and such, but they don't really—they feed me. They just, they just look pretty, right? And, and so I'm much more about the practical things of fruit trees and veggie gardens. But we've got to tend to them. We've got to weed the gardens. We've got to water the gardens. We've got to keep it going to Get the harvest it's, it's a slow process to see that come to fruition also in our house what we've inherited is a huge lawn full of only hungerweed. anyone know anyone know about this prickles you know they're old summer prickles and what I found what I found about that is that if you do not tend to the prickles they will grow on their own they don't need you to water. They don't need you to weed. They don't need you to do anything. They're just quite happy. If you leave them, they're going to spread. And so I had to get the, I got the weed and feed. I went, <laughs> we're at of 10 and one of our, uh, we're going getting things, and we was getting some veggie seedlings, and I'm like, I'm going to weed and feed the goat. I'm going to get rid of the goes, That's not a very exciting purchase. I'm like, no, it's not very exciting, but... We've got to do this because we've got five children with little feet and soft feet. And you know if they run outside, they it's just quite frustrating when the kids don't want to go out there because of prickles. And so we want our kids out of the house. So, <laughs> so we, we're dealing to the prickles. Here's my key thought. Some things grow best when you tend to them. And some things will grow best when they're unattended and left to their own devices. So here we go. How can we overcome weariness. And I love this chapter in Hebrews, chapter 12. Uh, it gives us some really great in-depth uh, analysis and thoughts around some of the things that might actually create weariness and some of the things that will help us overcome weariness. Let me start with this first point, and it's this. It's, let's, we need to be embracing Discipline, okay? We need to be embracing discipline. This is what the writer of Hebrews says in, in verses 7 to 13. I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. He says this, It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you have left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have... Or oh, I can smell burning... can we just check that because i can really i can really can anyone smell that that's really not good this is going to be fun a fun podcast to edit buddy yeah sorry about that just pause there for a second make sure that we're not gonna <laughs> what are you nuking guys <laughs> Lawrence, like it's not us Very strong. Feels like it's in this room. Yeah. All good? Just, can someone just let the, um, the concierge know? Thank you. All right. We'll carry on. We'll carry on. All right. So, verse 10 For they disciplined us for a short time. I'll go back to verse 9. So, uh, besides this, we have earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respect them. Yeah. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us, our our earthly fathers, for a short time, as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. Verse 11. Now all discipline seems to be more painful than pleasure at the time. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Amen. Yet later it will produce a transformation of character, bringing a harvest of righteousness and a peace to those who yield it. Wow, what a promise. So be made strong even in your weakness by lifting up your tired hands in prayer and worship and strengthen your weak knees for as you keep walking to walk forward on God's path, all your stumbling ways will be divinely healed. What an awesome promise. Come on. Isn't it interesting that the word discipline has both positive and negative connotations? Like we really admire the person who's really disciplined. <laughs> that person is so Disciplined. Like I really, am, I've got a very disciplined wife. In fact, we did the uh, the Strength Finders uh, personality thing. Has Anyone done Strength Finder personality? And I'm pretty sure one of Bex's top five is discipline. Like it's a strength, right? She's very disciplined, and and uh, and. But we don't necessarily like to be disciplined, right? It's one thing to be disciplined. In the way that you've got it, you, you, you've got some sort of uh, of responsibility and follow through and stickability and steadfastness, but we don't necessarily like being disciplined. Our kids have just started a new school, and uh, we're like, "Come on, kids, come on, just you know, just ease right in there, just be the good family, you know." Right? There. And then the f- first week, we get told that one of our kids has been left in class and disciplined because they didn't do. It. I'm like, no, "No, don't do that. And, just be good." <laughs> just, but you know, this is good for our kids because if they don't, if they do don't know where the boundary is and they cross it and people just let you cross it, then we never really know. And so discipline is a good thing. There's a reason a cop will pull you over when you're speeding. He's not just trying to be mean to you. He's actually trying to save you and someone else's life, teaching you that there's a, a respect that needs to be there on the speed limit. You need to be disciplined in your driving so that you can be safe and keep others safe, right? An undisciplined driver will break that thing all the time. And most of us growing up were that way. You know, maybe some of us still are. We'll pray for you at the end of the service. But I'm just saying, like, discipline is a beautiful thing, but the way that we actually normally get discipline is by going through discipline, right? And so it says here this in verse 10 For they disciplined us for a short time. This is our earthly parents, right? Our earthly parents disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but He us, disciplines us for our good that we may share in His holiness. Now, i just got to make this point so crystal clear because some of the weariness that we face and some of the weariness that comes in our world through the circumstances of life is actually God bringing things through to do something in your life. He's got a plan and a purpose in the thing you're walking through. Yes, it's going to require endurance. Yes, it's going to require perseverance. But He's bringing it to do something in your world because here's the key point. God's more interested in your holiness than your temporary happiness. He's got a greater overarching view and vision for your life than just you being temporarily happy right now. Now, God says He wants to give you more, abundantly more than you could ask, secret, and imagine that. He came to give you life to the full. Yes, all of those things. He's not a joy-taking, joy-sucking God, but He also has a plan and a purpose to build character and steadfastness into your world, and to do that through discipline. He says that I discipline those that I love that are my sons. And here's the truth. God is a good God, and He's doing it out of good for you. And so, maybe our perspective has been lost in the circumstance and the trial that we face. Maybe we need to grab hold of a heavenly perspective again and go, God, what are you doing in this moment in my world? Why is this trial here? What are you wanting to teach me? Discipline is a coaching and training paradigm. God is training and equipping and preparing you because you have a purpose, you have a destiny, you have a design, you have a calling. And so these things are, are critical to you, growing your capacity for the call that he's got for your life. He just said, don't grow weary. Next breath, I'm going to discipline you. <laughs> you know? But I'm good. And I'm doing it for your good. So I'm wondering how much of the weariness is me just not having the right perspective on the very thing that I'm walking through. I need heaven's perspective. I need God's perspective to see that he's in this for me right now, for my good. For my good. Come on. Discipline exposes weakness. It's designed to strengthen you. Come on, family, if we want to overcome weariness, we need to embrace the discipline of our Father who loves us for your good. He's growing you. He's stretching you. He's allowing things in. And it says that we look to Jesus, and Jesus was stretched beyond any human has ever experienced uh, the shame that he had to go through and what he had to walk through. He was stretched beyond all capacity. Here's our example. Here's our example. Point number two. Are you Ready? Remembering grace, remembering grace. Embracing discipline, remembering grace. Let me read you this. This is Hebrews 12, 14 and 15. In every relationship, be swift to choose peace over competition and run swiftly towards holiness. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Watch over each other to make sure that no one misses the revelation of God's grace. And make sure that no one lives with a root of bitterness sprouting within them, which will only cause trouble and poison in the hearts of many. What a challenging verse. Hmm. Remembering grace. Hebrews 12:1, which we started at the very beginning, says For us, we have all... We have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds, so we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin which so easily we fall into. Then we'll be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination for the path is already marked out before us. We must let go of every wound that pierced us. I feel it's interesting here that he's combining the sense of living in peace and harmony and forgiveness with one another with remembering God's grace. I find it interesting he's saying that, that we need to let go of the wounds that pierce us. And the way that we let go of the wounds that pierce us is we remember. We remember the unmerited, undeserved favor of God towards us. You see, unforgiveness is losing sight of grace. Bitterness is losing sight of grace. When we carry on, when we hang on to unforgiveness, we are losing sight of of grace, uh, I had this picture of grace, and as, as hanging from, uh, God, like hanging from a, a, a vine or hanging from a string or hanging from from God, like God's just holding us, and we can't swing from that with machine guns shooting other people. We can't swing from God's grace going ka 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 and the next person going, you know. And this is just, it completely comes against the gospel and exactly what Jesus tried to wrought for us. You see, this is the great news about the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says he's the author and he's the perfecter of our faith. This is what separates our Christianity from every other religion. It's not what you do. It's not what I do. It's not what I earn. It's not my good behavior. It's what Jesus has done for me because I could not do it for myself. Therefore, I don't stand on some proud place of, of leaning on the cross and saying, you need to get on your knees, buddy. You, know, you can't do that. You, we're all on our knees before the cross. We're all, this is the, 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 the truth of humanity. We're all in need of the grace and the salvation of Jesus Christ. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. Jesus made a way for us back into the created way that we were called to be in relationship back with God. And he did that despite our deservedness or undeservedness. We didn't deserve it, yet he did it out of love. It says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross and despised the shame. He looked down the corridor of time and he saw you, and he said, this pain is worth it. This thing that so blows me away, and so we can't, we've got to be careful. We can't hold on to unforgiveness. It will wear you out. Again, Hebrews, it says, we must let go of every wound. This is the ESV. It says, let aside every weight. I preached the message almost a year ago now. In January of 2019, called Stones and Vines, I had Simon running around with rocks in his pack. I don't know if you guys remember that one. And, uh, and I'll say, look, we ought to go light. You see, it's interesting that unforgiveness and bitterness in relationships, this is specifically in, talking in relationships, but we can expand that beyond, beyond that. There's all sorts of weights that we can carry. He said, we want to lay aside those weights. You see, for you to, 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 to run with passion and determination, you cannot be carrying the weight, you, it's, it's, it's just physics. If you're carrying a lot of weight, you're not going to go very fast and every step's going to be exhausting. We will grow in weariness when we hold on to unforgiveness. We will grow in weariness when we allow things to root in us bitterness. We will grow in weariness when we don't allow the Holy Spirit to deal to the wounds of our heart. This is so vital we understand that weariness is the outwork of a lack or a loss, seeing the grace of God. We've got to get back to seeing and remembering what he did for us, back to our first love, back to the, that place where we were overwhelmed and over, over, just overcome by what? For me, you did that for me. Like, You did that for me. And then how, in, how can we then in that moment withhold from someone else for the forgiveness that we freely be received through Jesus Christ? Remembering grace, remembering grace. Come on, hurts. Bitterness, unforgiveness, these are weights that we can carry. Hebrews 12, 15 warns us that the root of bitterness, it says sprouting. Isn't it interesting? Sprouting, we're talking about growing, that weariness can grow in us. It says that bitterness sprouts and grows and causes trouble and poisons. Come on, so the antidote is The revelation again of grace, of undeserved merit, undeserved favor. I didn't deserve it. There's nothing I've done. It's His love towards me. It's what He did that I could not. And out of that basis, out of the overflow of 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 that, lends itself to worship. If we go back into uh, into the discipline, it says that it says that um, we 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 made strong even our weakness by lifting up your tight hands in prayer and worship. You see, remembering grace leads us to a place back of worship. Worship overcomes weariness. Worship is an antidote to weariness. And as we remember the grace, we remember what Christ has done for us, it overflows in our hearts as worship. And worship pushes back. It feeds us. It's amazing. I lo- like I- worship is obviously more than just singing four songs. It's, it's, it's a lifestyle. It's it's, it's it's our way of honouring who God is and what He's done for us, and it's our it's our response to Him. But I love that as we respond, who God is, and we we, we, we yes, we worship you, God. You're you're so awesome. There's something that feeds us in that process. Isn't this crazy? And we're fixed on pouring worship onto you, but in that moment, something lifts us inside, and so it strengthens us from. The inside out. Come on, we need to remember grace. We've got to tend to the garden of grace and weed out the wounds that cause weariness. Amen? My last point, Troy, you can come with and do what you do best. Which means it's not board gaming. So you're pretty good at that. You do well. So good. Here's my last point this morning. It's this, it's, this, it's this, we've got to adjust our sight. Adjust our sight. Just come back from hunting with my 12-year-old son, Ezra, and uh, uh, we had uh, a pair of binoculars each. You've got to have binoculars when you're hunting. You've got to, be able to sit down and have a good look around the hills, and it would have been hard if we didn't have a pair. We both had a pair. Binoculars are an interesting thing, you see, because they can, they can focus on a field of view, either really close to you, or really far away. And you've got to adjust the dial to bring one into focus or the other or wherever it is in your field of view, right? So something's super close, you've got to wind it back to, for that to be clear. And then as you do that, everything further away is blurry. But then when you roll this, when you're looking far away and you roll the focus, all of a sudden what's far away becomes crystal clear again. Hebrews twelve two reminds us we need to be looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Hebrews twelve fourteen warns us that we should strive for peace with everyone, and for holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. There's something about the circumstances in our world that cause weariness. They tend to take our focus. What's right in front of us and the trial that we're facing right now tends to take our focus, and we roll the binoculars of our life onto that thing and we lose sight of the heavenly perspective God's got for our lives. And Peter Peter says that sin is short sightedness. We trade what is right in front of us for what is the promise to come, We we make a trade. Hebrews goes on to say, like Esau gave up his birthright for a bowl of stew. It's a great example of what what sin is. It's like, I'll take what's here right now, even though it might cost me something greater down the line. Come on, we need to adjust our sight. We want to overcome weariness. We need to get into a place where our focus gets back on Jesus Christ. We need to have a heavenly perspective of our lives. We need to roll back and see, ask the question, God, what are you doing in this right now for me What are you teaching me? What, are, what is it that I'm learning in this moment? It's interesting that trials and weariness tend to take our focus off Jesus. What I find interesting in my life is when I get tired and weary, I tend to get very self-centered, self-focused. I love that The scripture in Hebrews says that we can come boldly to the throne of grace in times of need. I love that Jesus has paid the price. I love that everything, I don't have to earn anything. I don't have to be embarrassed. Jesus is not disappointed in me. He's not disappointed in you. We're not earning anything. And because of that, we can run boldly. We can come when it's in need. We can come when it is required. We can come when it is necessary Adjusting your sight. Do we have a heaven less perspective? Do we have an eternal view of what God is doing in your world? God is doing something. Nothing is wasted in God. Nothing is wasted in God. Whatever you're walking through, friend, whatever you're walking through, God has a plan and a purpose in it. And I've got to say, you're not alone. You're not alone. You don't have to go it on your own. You don't have to do it in your own strength. My grace is sufficient for you, says the Lord. My strength is made perfect in your weakness, says the Lord. Isn't this good news this morning? Just to adjust our sight. Come on, church, let's stand. Just take a moment now just to have a think and have a ponder and let the Holy Spirit speak to us and what it is that He might be saying to you this morning as we close out 2020 with a little over a month left of 2020. And like, let's acknowledge that it's been tough. Let's acknowledge the weariness. One thing I love about the, the Word of God is it's, 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 it's addressing it, it's not, it's not condemning, it's addressing it because it's common to all. There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation but you do not have to carry it. You do not have to carry the weight. Maybe for you this morning of of losing sight of what God's up to in the moment. Come on, he says that he disciplines those he loves. He's doing that for your good. He's doing that for the purpose he's called you to. He's, He's working something in your life. Maybe we need to Ask God the question, God, what are you up to? What are you doing in this? What, what is it that you're working in me? Because i tell you what, when you get when you get God's perspective, when you get God's word, that becomes an anchor. That becomes the support. That's all you need to know that God's in it with you. Maybe for some of us this morning, it's about remembering that grace once again. Maybe there are hurts. Maybe there are wounds that we carry like rocks in a pack. And we're going to let them go. I just need to let him go. Why don't you do that? Why don't you just envision that? Why don't you just envision that weight? Envision it like a rock. I don't know what's written on your weight. What hurt, what wound. Imagine just just envision you're holding it in front of you. Your arms are tied, you're holding this heavy weight and then you lift your head and you see Jesus. (laughs) And he's holding his hands out saying, just give it to me. Just give it to me. It says in Matthew 11, those who are heavy laden, heavy burden, come to me and find rest. Take up my yoke, which is easy. My burden, which is light. We don't have to carry it. Come on, we're gonna go light. We're removing the weight. Let forgiveness flow, let healing flow. Feel the rest and as the weight is removed. Thank you, Jesus.